brisk outside. Is that the proper terminology for 12 degrees? Brisk. Uh, it got cold fast. Don't no, worry. No, it's cold. It'll get warm again. Concern yourselves not. It's just a continued yo-yo back and forth. I'm Bruce. Judy is back. Welcome back. Hope you had a fun time off. Uh, yeah, this weather was a brutal reminder of where I live. There is, it, it, almost on a daily basis, yeah. the weather is a brutal reminder. I, mean, I was in Texas; here. it was in the seventies. Yeah, people were in all, shorts. There's it is year round. There were Christmas trees up, lights everywhere. You know, it's Christmas, so. right? But shorts and t-shirts um, and shorts and t-shirts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how the rest of the world lives. Apparently, if you're not on the frozen tundra. Um, speaking of winter, winter sports, a big deal. You know, in a, a lot of schools, you're talking about. Uh, a lot of athletics, and because of rising uh, COVID rates, et cetera, et cetera, we had another attempt to shut down kids' sports in schools. And this time, it was met with quite a lot of opposition. We have to go to, to Oak Park and River Forest specifically for this story. Yeah, Oak Park River Forest High School. You know, this is a case where the kids fought back and they won. Yay! Yeah, and I mean, you know, the district said they decided to cancel winter sports, winter everything. That includes, you know, Christmas plays, concerts, yeah, that sort of any thing. gatherings, any winter events, uh, because of uh, of a surge in um, COVID cases. Uh, just for some reason, four times greater than the area, which is kind of strange, but. The students and the parents fought back. They said no. They signed a petition. And uh, the district reversed course and said that they would now allow sports to continue and all the events. Yeah, as as well they should. Because at this point, uh, now they say they're going to add some new mitigation efforts and this, that, and the other. That That's all well and good. No, they already have. And the reason that they allowed it is because the students did step up and they took those mitigation efforts seriously. And so, you know, I look at this as a case of they probably jumped the gun a little bit by saying no winter sports. The students had to fight. But in the end, logic won out, right? Yeah, well, they, I, they didn't just say, nope, that's that's the way it is. This many cases, we're going to do it. It's the better safe than sorry argument. And I think people are past that. The, I, I think that they are weighing the better safe than sorry argument a little, a little more deeply these days. Because... The school district, their argument is specifically that the sports are somehow at the root of this. When in reality it is, we're just trying to, we're trying to, to uh, mitigate our liability in any way, shape, or form should somebody get sick. The reality is that kids playing basketball or volleyball, uh, any of these winter sports... The idea that the competition, the practice and the games are going to be where they somehow are at greater risk is ridiculous at face value. It takes it doesn't take into account the other 23 hours of the day and what they are doing and the types of things they're engaged in and the reality of the situation that is girls basketball is no worse for girls than a bunch of girls sitting around the lunchroom table. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, there have been cases with the sports, obviously. We've seen it throughout the two years. As well, there's been in every other thing. But not in school, because when they're sitting around the lunch table, they better have their masks on. Can't and, wear masks when you're eating lunch. Well, in between. and They, they sit, don't, most certainly don't put their masks on in between bites <laughs> I just, in I the just school. took a plane. Believe me, I had to put my mask on every, between every bite. It was weird. 
But, you know, they're sitting apart, presumably. There there are some mitigations That's here. what you think kids are doing. Well, have you met schools, a kid lately? I think. No. The schools Absolutely have, uh, not. I actually, I, I was talking know. to some kids, uh, high school or freshmen and junior. They're freshmen and juniors. Uh, I won't throw them under the bus. And I asked them kind of what it's like. And they go, it's stupid. We wear our mask. We forget. We wear it down on, oh, you know, we don't put it over our nose. Nobody tells us to do anything. We all group together. They go, no, it's just, uh, we go, we're okay, almost now, back I'm to normal. I'm surprised at that because I would say yeah. even in the suburbs, which I have said, you can go to bars and restaurants and don't have to wear yeah, your mask. Nobody cares. But schools, yeah. you know, people who work at the schools, no, they, the kids wear their masks. And then they, they do what they're supposed to do. And then they play sports. In high school, but they also play sports outside of high school. You know mm-hmm. these uh, travel teams. You know a lot of kids are involved in in these sports. They go, go, go. They don't have those rules there, <laughs> so it's okay if you play basketball on that court over there. But the minute you come onto our court, somehow you're at more at risk. And I think that's where a lot of them came and go. That's ridiculous. That is well, flat I out ridiculous. Like because we're it. not going to stop playing basketball. I've, haven't we seen it in professional sports? There have been, you know, there have been a lot of, and there will be until the end of time, right? Yeah. Because of, but they didn't cancel the NBA. But we have Bulls play. Well, the Bulls well, barely they have, have enough really substantial punishments. I mean, well, and the, the Bulls barely have enough players to field a team. They didn't cancel. They just okay. We'll keep playing. Yeah, people yeah. might get sick. People might test positive. We're just going to keep moving on. And I, I really just like everyone else out there. I think that that's where people have gotten to the yes. People are going to test positive. Yes, some people might get sick. Yes, you can get a vaccine if you're really concerned about it. But no, we're not canceling stuff. We're not locking ourselves. We're just we're we've, we're past it. Yeah. Well, I I mean it does it in this case, like I said, it you know everyone was just being logical. It maybe the cases were they definitely have four times the amount of cases, right? But we don't. You're right. We don't know if they were cases that were because of sports or events or just just in school in general. So you know, they two sides came together and they talked and they came up with a plan. And now the plan is working. So they can have all of their winter events and now, but they have to wear these like better masks. They have like to stay farther apart. Ninety five masks. Can't right? have like they, one of the cloth right. ones and. You they know. have to. They increase testing, and the students agree to all that. So I, so I, I recently went to a a basketball game, high school basketball game, and they make the players wear masks on the court. Oh, but they all wear them around their chins. Good. <laughs> Every single one of them. And the referees didn't blow a whistle, nobody did anything, but they, they wear it around their chins. So we're wearing a mask. We're just not wearing, I mean, they're running up and down the court. How can you yeah. wear a mask? I mean, right. I, since it's ridiculous. I was, since I was traveling yesterday, I wore a mask for a long time. It was, uh, I hated it. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't done that in a while, and it was really uncomfortable. I can't imagine when you're playing a sport. But you, I just don't think you can, which is why... They don't enforce it. Well, and apparently, again, they have to have a mask on. So as long yeah. as it's on their neck, on your on your neck, good. You have a mask somewhere on I, your body. You know where I wear mine? <laughs> on your on my on my wrist. On your wrist. It's Keep like your wrist purse. from getting COVID. Yeah. That's good. That'll work well. It works for me. But I, I I I cannot get away from the fact that we do not know these kids who have tested positive, specifically in in uh, in Oak Park, River Forest. That they got it at school. And I would think when they that, leave school, they go do other stuff right. and don't wear masks. You know what I'm saying? They go hang out with their friends. There's no mask rule over at Billy's house. 
Right. You know, when we're playing Call of Duty or when we're playing pickup basketball well, down at the park. These parents that, who, because the, the parents protested too, they were, they are all for masks and mitigations. It wasn't about that. Well, you can't and, come out against that. Yeah, you have to vaccines. Say. So I, and I'm thinking that probably if you have to play sports, maybe they would require you to be vaccinated. I don't know if that's a requirement to play sports. In high school? Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, we know it's... Well, I mean, it would have been... Uh, if it is, it's going to be new because of the age. Well, now it would have been over 12 all along. Yeah, yeah, they would have. These are high school students. Yeah, I don't know if that was a requirement. But I'm really glad that the masks are on their yeah, chins. And I, I'm glad that, yeah, they finally went up and down the court. logic reigned and two sides came together and talked. You and say logic. Worked it out. I, I, th- I think we have a variety of logics that are, that are in competition with one another, to say the least. And... Uh, it, it just strikes me that this is just the latest example and will not be the last well, of people pushing back and saying, um, we understand and accept the risk. Well, that's we, what I mean. We will the, not the district listened and down. said, okay, you you guys really want yeah. this? Let's just up yeah. the mitigations a little bit and then we'll just let everyone have it. So yeah. I, th- I think here's the, here's the solution. Just... Everybody sign a release form. <laughs> Everybody just, you know what? Uh, the school is not liable if I get uh, COVID. Fine. I'll sign it away. Let's go back and, and just do we our thing. We know how that works. They'll still go to court. Yeah. But, but, that's, but to me, that's the only thing that's behind the school's concern. The school is concerned about you coming back and blaming the school. Well, it was because of basketball. My little Billy got sick. Or Sally is ill. It's because of it's because mm-hmm. you guys didn't you didn't cancel the season, you know, or whatever. And and fine. Where's the where's the waiver? Where's the 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 waiver that gets me oh, out of it? I mean, you have to sign many waivers to play high school sports. So, yeah, that could just be one more. What are the most bought Christmas gifts according to Amazon? Oh, well, I mean, that. That's going to be the list, I'm assuming. You know, listen, that is the, the, where America shops these days. We might be tipping off what you, what you might be getting. You could be able to tell by the size of the box. We'll tell you what, what are the hot items coming up next on 890 WLS? The Bruce St. James Show on 890 WLS. 8094. Happy Tuesday. It's uh, Bruce and Judy with you. And we know there are a lot of folks shopping out there. A lot of people have turned to the interwebs, I should say, maybe more so than ever before, uh, doing their shopping online. We, we saw that a little bit with the uh, the downturn in um, foot traffic uh, is what they refer to it as on Black Friday. You know, the idea that everybody goes out on uh, on the Friday after Thanksgiving in shops. Eh, maybe a lot of people are letting their fingers do the do I the walk. But when I go to the malls now, they are packed. Yeah, a lot of people packed. still talk about. But uh we know that uh, Amazon tells us what the best selling things on Amazon are. So they have their list of 2021. And I would also argue maybe the list it says a little something about about us and about where we are as a 
culture, as a people, the mood of the nation, if you will. If you have a box under your tree right now, and it's 14 inches by 14 square, let's put it in there somewhere, perfect... It's an Instapot. Let's just get it out of the way. You're getting an Instapot, and that's because Amazon's now, selling them like they're going out of style. I'm surprised still. that the Instapot and not I would have thought air fryer. Air fryer. Right? Yeah, if you would ask me, Instapot I'd have bet air fryer. It was like two years ago. You would think. You know why I know that? Because I got one for someone's so, bridal shower so two years ago. I got one a year a year and a half ago. So, and yeah. I got it to Instapot rice cooker. I mean, come on. I didn't. I. I well, you can make some tasty stuff. In the I really. Instapot. So I struggled with my Instapot because it was too complicated. And there were too it, many it, buttons. It sounds like a rocket going off when you use it too. I just so I, di- I didn't understand it was it was the guy who could barely work a microwave. I'm just like no, this is too much going on. So Instapot is at uh, one of the the top of the list. It is interesting that that if you look at some of these big top selling products on Amazon in 2021, um, it seems that people are trying to get back to some semblance of normal. Maybe they're getting back to socializing. Yeah, and Instapot is kind of an example of that. You're you're cooking meals again. You, Here's uh, an example of that. Give me an example. Whitening toothpaste. <laughs> okay. 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 Like, yeah. You know, during in 2020, it was all about what sweats, leggings, so, yeah, bathrobes, uh, 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 leisure. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's about dresses, <laughs> slippers, and bathrobes. Dresses and tuxedos. Huge. Yeah. Now I think it's funny that people are buying tuxedos, but. I don't know. A lot, of, lot, of, lot of black tie deal. events. Yeah. yeah um, Along those lines, curling irons, skin care. Mm-hmm. People are no longer they're just out. sitting. They, they got right? either going back yeah. to work or going out. And you can't just walk out the door. You've got to you make yourself presentable again. Okay. I mean, it really it is true. The mask was great because you didn't have to do a lot. And, you know, now you got makeup, your hair, your teeth. Well, it's it's a thing along those lines. So you've got your teeth whitened, you've got your hair curled, your skin is glowing, glowing. I tell you, what are you going to do? That's why luggage and swimsuits are big sellers. So now you're going to pack your swimsuit in your luggage. You look awesome, and you're going somewhere warm. Just just luggage. A four hundred and fifty percent increase. Yeah, I in mean luggage. Everyone is buying luggage. Need new bags. Everyone is going somewhere. We yeah. But if you're not going, did you have luggage before? Like, when do you buy new luggage? Again, Don't you buy new luggage when it just falls apart? You looked at it and you're like, oh no, that will not do. <laughs> well, that's stuffed do. up. It's yeah. yeah. This is no. the new me. Mm-hmm. I need new luggage. And if you're not going anywhere, another big item on the list. Outdoor things, you know, outdoor bars, outdoor oh, tables for camping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anything outdoor, people are revving up for the Yeah, the barbecue grills barbecue were grills, up there. Right. You know, you want to have uh, friends over, people in the backyard, if you will. So along those same lines, so uh, we know that these are some of the big selling items and, and kind of what those trends say about us. Um, If the kids are listening right now, you need to tell the kids to stop listening. Okay, We're just going to give a warning to the parents, Okay. All right, all the kids gone? Okay, good. They're still sleeping. Don't worry. Where do you hide the presents? Where are the hiding spots? The most popular hiding spots. I can tell you that for me, Christmas 
changed. I I figured it out when I climbed into our attic and found all of the presents. I I figured you shouldn't it out. have gotten any after that. Yeah, after that tactic. So where are the most popular places that parents hide gifts? This, of course, uh, I did it. I first of all, I'm so glad I don't have to hide gifts. Anymore. You don't have to hide. Yeah, there. I, You're as that. I recall, I had several places. I couldn't just do one because I knew they would. You well, know, it would just say, be too yeah, much. It would be too, too much. Exactly. So bedroom closet, the number yeah. one place. If you're if you currently course, have things you know hiding in the bedroom we, closet, we're in the bedroom, you're not alone. It and we go, oh yeah, just, just put, put it over there. there. Yeah, up on a shelf, mm-hmm. put a sweater over top yeah. of it. No one will notice. Right. Yeah, kids are on to you. They know about that. And I I did under the bed. That was my big one yeah. as well. We had a bed that was raised, so there was a lot of room under there. I don't know. Did I think that they would never look there? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. The first They'll place never they think would... to look under the bed. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I foiled oh, again. Under yeah. the bed. Oh, we looked everywhere, but. The second most popular place, a spare room. Okay, again. Yeah. Kids aren't that dumb. Now, this is, I'm going to give parents some credit for this. You put it in the trunk of your car. Well, because it's your kids aren't going to. That's go, a good one. That's I, a good one. I did that. I would keep before I had to wrap them. I would keep them in. The I would never trunk. go look in the trunk of yeah. the car. What the hell? There's a spare tire. A there. lot of times when you have kids, you have a minivan, so there is. The oh, the car okay. is a bad right. place to hide. Okay, maybe not. Right yeah. <laughs> under the couch. Now I thought <laughs> that's uh, kind of dumb too. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's not going to work. I thought, I thought my parents were the only ones that did this because I learned later that. They they hit him at the neighbor's house. They just gave him to the neighbor. Ooh. There was like a box, and it had all the wrapped mm-hmm. gifts inside of it, and just said, here, keep that in your garage, because little maggots are going to be, right. you know, turning this house upside down looking That's for That's like this. the last thing I want to do. I'm sorry, but I have my own kids. I'm not keeping your gifts, too. I just stick them in the corner You there. take mine, I take yours, even well, though they're the same. <laughs> They all want yeah, the same thing. We found presents. Yeah, that's for the yeah, neighbor. And that's not yours. When, when your kid finds the neighbor's kid, and then exactly. they're so excited. But I'm, I'm getting get a that? phone for Christmas. Yeah. And then they don't get it. Who the? Yeah, no, that is too risky. Who Way the hell risky. is Billy? And why is he? Why yeah. do we have Billy's presents? Mm-hmm. Santa's already screwed up and delivered the wrong stuff. Yeah, no, that wouldn't work. Yeah, that you, you're going to do that. I think uh, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are looking for that. How about this? This is the we're smarter than you are. I'm going to hide the presents in a place that you would never think to look for presents. In your own room. <laughs> You're going to search every other. Exactly. Oh or, or in the closet that the kid right. just throws crap into. You're going to search every room of this house. You're going to go up, down. You're going to look outside. You might go to the neighbors. You might even check the trunk of the car. You're not going to look in your own room for right. it. You're oh my just gosh, not. That's perfect. Isn't that perfect? Yeah. That's the old hiding in plain sight. You won't even do it. So, uh, parents, if you thought about this, the kids are possibly, possibly one step ahead of you. And by the way, you can bring them back and listen again. Okay? So, kids, you can come back now. We weren't talking about you. Don't worry, kids. Uh, it's still time for our criminal of the day. i got to give a shout-out to Andre Abrams of Alachua, Florida, who, to his credit, did not use a gun to threaten his neighbors while screaming, get off my lawn. Okay? <laughs> Allegedly, Mr. Abrams had been in an ongoing dispute over parking with the family next door. Things reached a boil. And Abrams decided to crank up the heat by producing 
a flamethrower and spraying ah. hot fire at three kids <laughs> sitting in a car. More specifically, the XM42 light flamethrower, which can shoot flames 30 feet, comes in two colors and has an optional backpack that allows you to spray fire for up to four minutes. Side note, Christmas just around the corner. I prefer the red model. I think I saw that on the I've, Amazon list. I put a link in there as well. According to witnesses, the flames came within a few feet of the car and the kids feared being burned and the car catching on fire. Abrams denied that he was targeting the juveniles and reportedly said, quote, if I had wanted to burn the car, I would have burned the car. The arrest report also stated this is not the first time he has used the flamethrower in the neighborhood. And at this point, why should it be right? Even in Florida, it's illegal to do this. And Abrams was charged with three counts of aggravated assault. And one count of being awesome. So for bringing a firestorm to those damn kids next door, you, Andre Abrams, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law. No matter how crazy they are, you can see the flamethrower and the link. And feel free to order me one for Christmas if you head over to my Facebook page, The Bruce St. James. Make sure You're a little pricey, there. Bruce. I'm looking at him now. Listen, <laughs> it's a flamethrower. Yeah, it should be pricey. You're right. It's a flamethrower. There is no price. <laughs> Nick, do you have one? The, no, no, but I want. I want. You and me both, Nick. Tell you what. I t- I'll get the red one, you get the black Okay, one. let's do it. All right. We'll have matching <laughs> pairs, if you will. Check the headlines on the way, and we come back on the other side. The Jussie Smollett trial. Just when you thought it couldn't get crazier, we ratcheted up the crazy. We're going to be talking to our chief legal explanationist about what the hell was that on the stand yesterday. Coming up next on 890 WLS. The Bruce St. James Show on 890 WLS. And good morning to you. We're going to jump into our 6 o'clock hour, take a look at the big stories that people are talking about, including the Jesse Smollett trial. Smollett took the stand in his own defense, and oh my God, it got crazy. We're actually going to dig into this next. Judy? Indiana police may have a break in the case of two teenage girls in Delphi who went hiking, never returned home. Their bodies were found the next day. Police are looking at an online profile that may be connected to that case. College football, some some local area teams, if you will, looking to play on. Congratulations to, well, we've got Northern Illinois going to their first bowl game since 2018. What an incredible turnaround for them. They'll be playing in the Cure Bowl in Orlando and Notre Dame just missing out on the chance to pay for a national championship. Instead, they'll be headed to the Fiesta Bowl in Phoenix playing on New Year's. All right. So, uh, listen, uh, you were in Texas, Judy. We had uh, Rich Lankoff on the other day and we were talking about will he, won't he, should he, shouldn't he. Jesse Smollett Take the stand in his own defense, knowing everything that uh, all the testimony up until then. Um, 
Should he do it? Well, the question was answered yesterday. Actor Jesse Smollett offered a motive for the men who he says attacked him in Chicago back in January of 2019. On the stand Monday in his own defense, Smollett said he engaged in drugs and sex acts with Bola Osandero, one of two brothers police say he hired to carry out the crime, which involved a noose placed around his neck. Smollett told the court Bola wanted to be hired as a personal security guard, but Smollett was opposed, finding security too intrusive. He also said a $3,500 check paid to Bola was for personal training services. Smollett is basing charges of disorderly conduct, which could get him three years in prison so if in the smollett bingo you had engaged in sex acts with the brother congratulations you can fill that in on your card just more crazy rich Lenkoff is joining us right now and rich is a capital member uh at uh, bryce downey and Lenkoff, a uh, civil defense attorney rich welcome back the uh I gotta tell you, I just—I don't know what would surprise me anymore about this this trial. It just continues to get weirder. We had that conversation about will he or won't he take the stand. You you made the I thought some really serious points that you know he probably should. <laughs> At this point, the jury's going to want to hear from him. What did you see yesterday on the stand? Yeah, you know, when I told you yesterday that uh, I thought he should testify, forget all that. I was totally wrong. <laughs> after, hearing, after hearing him testify, I take back, I retract everything I said yesterday. Because that was a uh, that was a dumpster fire, I think. It was a bizarre performance. Really, Rich? Do you think he didn't do some good on the stand? I mean, listen, none of us, I was not in the courtroom, of course. I don't I don't know exactly, aside from what I read in the summaries, but, yeah, it sounds like he was applying a very technical legal theory that we call throwing everything on the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> it would confuse the jury, mm-hmm. just, just muddy the water all the way around and, and think that's going to work. Rich, you know... We talk so, and, and again, Judy, just to recap a little bit for you, you know, one of the things that I thought was, I as a juror, I'm putting my plate my, as a juror, that I would think less of a defendant if they didn't take the stand in a case like this, where everybody's saying you did this, you did this, you did this, and the guy over there at that table that I'm staring at for for weeks just sits there and doesn't say anything. I would think weird about it. So we, I was like, you know, you probably mm-hmm. should take the stand. Should it also, and do you think the jury also takes into account that this man is a professional actor? And that, again, I probably shouldn't take that into account. But, I mean, was that a performance yesterday? Yeah, again, very confusing testimony. I think it was part performance. um, And a lot of it was a continuation of this elaborate, you know, strategy they put together uh, involving cocaine, involving marijuana, uh, bathhouses. Um, you know, there's so many questions that you have with the story. You know, like, it seems like a minor detail, but to me, we learned yesterday that Jesse Smollett was making, uh, by the end of his contract, when this happened, allegedly, $100,000 per episode times 18 episodes. So by my rudimentary math, that's what, $1.8 million a Copy year. Copy that, yes. Yeah, you're, out, you're out in uh, fr- frigid Chicago weather at 1.30 a.m. at the subway. Yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe order some Grubhub at that point in your, in your life. 
You know, that hey, wandering around, you know, going, going to find a oh, wait, Rich, I just so really Rich, need Subway at 1.30 in the morning. With this whole case, the that's thing that's sticking took. out to you is that Subway? <laughs> um, although I will tell you, it stuck out to me when I first heard it. I'm yeah. like, Subway? If I'm the four person, that's what I'm arguing with everyone else about. Why are you getting a six-inch ham uh, sandwich at 1.30? Mm-hmm. Why not just uh, get some Uber Eats? Uh, yeah, you, you would think th- there's so many details to this case that just again they just don't seem to add up rich and that's kind of where i and yesterday the adding now we're bringing sex into it sex acts performed with the one of the brothers um i thought on on cross-examination uh the the prosecutor mr mr webb uh did a good job of blowing some holes in this where as prepared as Smollett appeared to be, as coached, and and I get that's part of the game, that um, he just didn't have a lot of answers. Yeah, I mean, that'll continue today. Of course, Dan Webb, you know, uh, a very seasoned lawyer, former U.S. attorney, so he's going to go to town on Smollett and cross-examine, cross-examine him and really point uh, poke a lot more holes in his story. I mean, we heard yesterday... Uh, some pretty pointed te- cross-examination about why he was not cooperating with police. Um, Smollett said, you know, as a black man in America, I don't trust police. I had some negative interactions with them before. Well, okay. I mean, that's a predictable answer. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. There are some questions about the noose, why he rearranged it, because in different photographs we see the noose clearly rearranged. He said that he was told to do so by his, uh, was it his stylist, I believe? Yeah. That's a little strange. (laughs) You know, most of the jurors don't have uh, stylists. And, you know, uh, usually in a hate crime, you don't get counseling from a stylist as to where to best place your noose. Fair, fair point. Yeah. Rich. Yeah, Yeah, but you know, juries, it's, I just feel like, this maybe this might have been a good ploy on his part yeah. to throw it all out there for confusion for you know all you need is a little nugget of doubt right it's exactly true that's the really a, one of the biggest takeaways is all you're doing as the defense is looking literally at one juror you don't know who it is but you're looking for one individual in that box to have a inkling of doubt right all you need is reasonable doubt in one juror and you've got to not guilty. So as bizarre as this all sounds, you're right. All you need, you know, is for one of these different theories to spark some mm. doubt in a juror and you're in good shape. There you go. Rich, thank you for your uh, your insight into this and uh, and really appreciate it. He's Rich Lankoff, capital member of Bryce Downey Lankoff, our, 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 our legal explanationist on this. I love Because yesterday he said, you know, I think he's got to take the stand. You've got all of these people pointing a finger at him, at the guy sitting at the at the defense table. You got to get up there and defend yourself. I love it. The first thing our attorney said is immediately after testimony. That was a mistake. We probably should have put him up there. That's not going as well as we thought it would. Um, I actually watched this. A, A boss fired hundreds of people by Zoom call all at the same time. Basically, if you logged into, you got the invite to the Zoom call. You didn't know it, but you were getting fired. 
Is that the most 2021 thing that we've had going on? It kind of encapsulates so so many things right now. We'll talk about that and other horrific ways to get fired coming up next on 890 WLS. The Bruce St. James Show on 890 WLS. into pieces this is my last resort hey good morning a happy tuesday to you it's bruce and judy and you know what we've all uh probably had to spend the last year plus um learning about video calls zoom meetings there's a variety of other ones i think zoom has become like the uh uh the default for video calls right it's like q-tip or kleenex other people make them. Yeah, you know, that's a brand name, but I think we're just used to it's a Zoom call. Yeah. Well, it's not actually on Zoom. Yeah, whatever. It's a Zoom call. Um, and Zoom had been around for a while. <laughs> I mean, think about it. What new to Zoom? Boy, you talk about standing in the right place at the right time. And maybe you've had to suffer through your staff meeting, your daily scrum, whatever it might be, catching up with the boss. But maybe in kind of where we are. In 2021, leave it to a CEO to fire almost a thousand people by Zoom. The company is called Better.com. It is a um, online mortgage company, which, by the way, with the housing market the way it is, How's an online mortgage company not doing better? Like, uh, of, of all the industries. It's valued at $7B billion. Yeah. Dollars. But. Not like the, it's doing poorly. I was going to say, I think, well, valued in making money are two different things. But, yeah, the point being is you would think that they'd be hiring people, mm-hmm. for goodness sakes. People are buying houses or refinancing. This is a good time. Well, the CEO, Vishal Garg, sent out this email. You get the link. Oh, we got a Zoom meeting with the boss. Okay, big cheese. All right. You click on the link and it sounded like this. Thank you for joining. I come to you with not great news. The market has changed, as you know, and we have to move with it in order to survive. This isn't news that you're going to want to hear, uh, but ultimately it was my decision and I wanted you to hear from me. I've this is the second time in my career I'm doing this, and I do not, do not want to do this. The last time I did it, I cried. But we are laying off about 15% of the company. You gotta the market, be kidding me. Efficiency and performances oh, and productivity. So we did for the company. <laughs> if you're on this call, you are part of the unlucky group being laid off. Your employment here is terminated effective immediately. Wow. I'm glad he was stronger this time. And he didn't, he didn't cry. cry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, 
I got to tell you, that's a uh, that's a twenty twenty one way to get fired. Yeah. By Zoom call, if you if you are on this meeting, you are fired immediately, terminated. If you're on this Zoom call, good night. I mean, talk about one fell swoop, right? Nine hundred people, yeah. boom, done. None of the eight, you know, they have to get in touch with HR, of course, at some point. But think about doing it individually, which you would normally do. Pull them into the office. I don't even know. How would you do that? Yeah. You're right. All over the country, probably. Okay, maybe probably. all over the world. Well, obviously, but yeah, if they're on so Zoom calls, they're probably the working from like, home. You know what? How much money we could save just doing it this Gosh. way? Because that's what it's about here. Well, I wonder, and maybe this is part of it. Do you think anyone showed up late for this call? <laughs> Or wasn't on it, you know? They didn't. Uh, they didn't get on. They they just went ahead and kind of uh, 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 t- logged in and then went about their bit. You know, they're walking around the house. They've got the the fake picture up. They just have the static thing. It's not the video going. And they're like, "I'm sorry, what?" Yeah. Well, Zoom is ready to. They they've heard from apparently the boss. They've heard from people that pay for Zoom, and the people that pay for Zoom now want to know. When you log on late, and it apparently will become a lot more obvious if you're showing up to your Zoom call tardy. Right. Mm. So I think you should do what many people do anyway. You log in early. It doesn't mean you're there. You're logged on, and then you're you're good. But if you log in late, now it will be obvious. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it'll be like a me. Me, yeah. me, there'll be lights blinking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, that has been a thing where people show up late and just try to sneak in under the wire, especially if it's a large group of people, right? You don't notice on page eight the little square when it's right. when it's popping up necessarily. I got to think, though, people are going to, they'll get around that. There's always a get around, right? You say that. Oh, you remember when the kids uh, last last year during the Pando there was a kid that was caught. He had gotten a like life-size cutout of himself mm-hmm. and put it in a chair in front of the right. Zoom. <laughs> and it fooled the teacher for quite a while. That kid's going to be president someday. Uh, all right? That kid he, he knows how it works. He a picture, really. Yeah. Well, the, the, uh, another kid uh, took a video of himself. I was just going to say, just why looped not it? Get and it? And did it on it. loop? Yeah. <laughs> And you look so, down once genius. in a while, you yeah. look up, you cough. Yeah, I mean, so when the teacher's looking, it looks like mm-hmm. he's paying attention mm-hmm. and yeah. keeping it like that. So, yeah, that's how the world works. There you go. Hey, good morning to you. And, goodness, happy, happy Tuesday. It is a little chilly out there. I will grant you that. Some of you might be stuck in traffic. There, there, there's some bad traffic out there. But you know what? We're going to get through it. And we're going to get through it together. So... This is an interesting um, argument, I guess you could say. Should unvaccinated people have to pay their own health care expenses, including the hospital bill, should they contract COVID? There's actually a piece of legislation moving through the Illinois House that would do just that, Judy. Yeah, uh, State Representative Jonathan Carroll uh, has introduced a bill, which, of course, it's likely to face a lot of challenges, I guess. But that's um, fair. <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, you know, it's it comes. He says it comes down to those who have been following the signs, trying to do the right thing, and those who have been choosing to not get vaccinated. And he thinks that if you're not going to get vaccinated, you should also assume the risk. 
that if you catch COVID and you get sick, the responsibility is on you. You know, there was a there was a wasn't there a country there was a country that was doing this. It was an Asian country that they referred to them as the voluntarily unvaxxed. People who are eligible because some people are not. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. Get it right. The voluntarily unvaxxed. Where, oh God, I'm going to get it wrong. Was it Singapore, Philippines? That they have a free healthcare system. You know, they have mm-hmm. you know universal healthcare, universal healthcare. Yeah. Thank you very much. Unless <laughs> you vaccinated. are wow. voluntarily yeah. unvaxxed and show up at a hospital and need treatment for COVID. That is the only thing you're going to pay out of pocket for in that country when it comes to medical care. Right. Which is, I mean, that's pretty amazing. I don't think this will survive the challenges, but it is an interesting thought experiment along the lines of who should be responsible for your decisions. Because as much as I want to say and cheer this on, is there a slippery slope? Where does that end? Right. What's next? Where does that end? Mm -hmm. If you are a smoker and you get lung disease, should you have to pay for that out of your own pocket? Think about all the Mm -hmm. things. If you're in a car accident and you weren't wearing your seatbelt, should you have to pay for that out of pocket? So while I can acknowledge that, we've unfortunately already created a system where people are allowed to make bad decisions and the rest of us pay for it. Yeah. Through higher insurance rates, through... Uh, uh, community hospitals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I mean, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very hard sell. Because of that, there's so many legal hurdles with this. I mean, the, the Affordable Health uh, Care Act, there's, you know, no pre-existing conditions. That, that was a big No, yeah, that was a big, 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 uh, yeah, it was a point that people coverage. liked about it. Right. You know, they, they would say, I mm-hmm. don't like the Obamacare. I like um, for that. Yeah. covering pre-existing conditions, my kids staying on it. I was like, okay, right. so you right. do kind of like on it. On the other hand, you know, insurance companies, I mean, they've been waiting for this because. They would love this. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about what it potentially costs if you get COVID, you get sick enough, you have to go to the hospital and God forbid you have I to be. Like a minimum of 30 grand. Well, oh my gosh, but that's not an ICU. If you're in the ICU on a ventilator, thirty grand every six hours. Exactly. So every time you take a breath, thirty grand. So um, yeah, it's it's a big number. Now, something that again, I I don't think we need legislation, and and I don't think there's a a real chance of this as. as much as Representative Carroll from Northbrook wants it to happen, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to get support for the reasons we, we've mentioned a little. But there's nothing stopping insurance companies from imposing either a carrot or a stick, a benefit for being vaccinated m- monetary or a monetary penalty for being unvaccinated. There's nothing stopping them from that. Um I don't know, Delta, though. Delta, Delta Airlines did that with theirs $200 surcharge for the unvaccinated right. to cover health care costs. Yeah. So I guess they, I so mean, there private, are a lot of rules. Insurance companies could do it. Yeah, with insurance companies. But yeah, you're right. I'm assuming Delta's probably self-insured, so they could maybe make but those rules get like easier. Some, you also get like the, uh, what is it, like... You, <laughs> If you're if you're healthier or you exercise, like they always have these things with insurance. I see it at work where um, rates, yeah, or, or you get some sort of a bonus or a deal if you have a healthier lifestyle. I mean, they're trying to encourage you right. in some way, shape, or form to not use as much 
health care. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you're going to, it would just take one. I think it would be like a dam breaking. It right. would just take one of these big insurers to say that. To push a, the envelope and say, well, we're not going to do this. The unvaccinated are going to pay more, mm-hmm. you know, as well, opposed I, to spreading it out it, amongst everybody. Right. I think that e- they could easily do that. Saying we're not going to pay for your um, health care if you get COVID, I think, is a whole nother ball game. It is. It is. You know, and the, the other thing that we talked about were these mandatory uh, um vaccination programs for city workers and you know we haven't touched on the kerfuffle uh here in the city of chicago for a while but we do have some new numbers and maybe we ought to say was this all to do about nothing much ado about nothing because the police department as of yesterday is at 90 percent 90 percent of police department employees have reported their vaccination status and they are no longer the lowest on the uh on the scale amongst all city workers all the different departments congratulations the police departments no longer the least and it's not even vaccinated just in reporting their status right who's dead last now yeah interestingly city council staffers those are employees who work with aldermen's offices (laughs) um yeah, they're the least, uh, the lowest compliance right now. 84%. What's up with city council staffers? Uh, I wonder, does it inco- involve city council members? No. Aldermen themselves are not required to report their status. Okay. But they have, you know, they have a lot of employees. And yeah, so. Isn't that bizarre? Mm-hmm. Of all the, all the different groups. There could be, yeah, of city workers. Streets city and hall, sand. Yeah, city council. You know, um yeah, all of this but, accounting. Yeah, <laughs> the police though they still are. So of those who have the city council staffers, they're like well over ninety percent are vaccinated. I think ninety five percent. Same with overall city workers. So police are still the least vaccinated. Right, but at least they're reporting yeah, their status, and they're the least vaccinated. I mean, still eighty one percent are fully vaccinated. Yeah, I mean it's still you know a pretty good number. Yeah, so, let's yeah, not, a lot. Let's not... Much ado about nothing because they when they. When faced with literally losing your job job, and your livelihood. And again, remember, it wasn't being vaccinated. It was just saying if you were not. Yeah. If you were vaccinated. Although that's fast approaching, right? It was what? Well, they they had the December 31st date, but then there was, um, there's been legal challenges to it. We know that, I think that 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 mandatory December 31st deadline. Oh, right. It's on hold. Is, there's a stay on that. Pending negotiations with the union. Right. Uh, the the judge told them get back in a room together and figure this mm-hmm. out. So uh, we will see what happens with that deadline. Will it move? Will it will it move around? Will they allow for testing, et cetera? There's going to be some sort of back and forth when it comes to that. We are rapidly approaching a winter wonderland. I, for goodness sake! I and I just realized, like yesterday, I was like, What's "Oh that? my god, Christmas is in like three weeks." Three. three. Three week, yeah. Oh. yeah. I know. I'm right there with you, Nick. Uh, that was the Although, the sigh of Nick. Uh, we uh, haven't gotten all the gifts yet. That's that sigh. No, but I am totally into Christmas this year. Uh, a lot of folks are, and you see it. Uh, you know, the the neighborhoods are decorated, the streets are decorated. Yeah. You've got people wearing Santa hats with blinky lights on them. All that, this, that, and the other. Um, 
And there are some awesome things that you can do over the holidays here, uh, including something that almost every city does, and it is awesome everywhere. And this year, I am going to go check out Zoo Lights at the Lincoln Park Zoo. Have you ever yeah, done that? No, I haven't. They are, I've always it's, wanted It's so. awesome. Yeah. You'll like it. You'll I've like done it. it at the, the, uh, last year, when I was in D.C., so I did the National Zoo. Yeah, uh, you know, I hear it's so it's, fantastic. It's really a neat way and a nice walk, and it it feels very Christmassy. Yeah, I think you they know? do that at Brookfield too. I believe yeah. they have zoo lights. A lot as of well. zoos do. Okay, right? one of my favorite all time childhood things growing up in Chicago. I used to love going to the Museum of Science Industry and seeing all the trees. So like. It was like Christmas trees from around the world. Oh, really? So every country is represented. And kind of how they do it. And yeah. Even as a child, and now I would love to go back and see that, just how they decorate their trees. It's it's interesting to see how different cultures decorate their trees. Explain to me, and I feel stupid here, because, and maybe it's just in the translation. What's the Christ Kindle market? It's um, like a German Christmas market mm-hmm. where you buy stuff. Yeah, because I've been to have- Germany during Christmas. Oh, okay, and gone to the Christmas market. I just don't remember it have. called that. Is it Glog? No, that's Swedish. Uh, yeah, uh, I was going to say Glog. I think I've only had the hot apple cider there. Okay. okay. Yeah, I know they have something. I mean, so you can eat there, get big pretzels, and but it's mostly, I think. It's a lot of okay, crafts, so crafts and things, and ornaments German and things oriented. Like that, do I yes. need to wear later hosen? Yes, of I course. do. You need to wear later hosen. You don't wear them. <laughs> it's a later so hosen sure requirement. They have a later hosen requirement. You know what's funny? I have a dirndl. Oh my land! I own a dirndl. Yeah, that's the uh, female female version. version that's if the you female will. costume. Later hosen uh, yeah. is it basically just means. It's leather so, pants, <laughs> but it's yeah, yeah the it's, leather. I, I think it's more than that, Bruce. I think yeah. they're tights, men's tights. I would call them <laughs> later Holzen. Yes, I had a pair as Holes, a kid. I yeah. didn't have a choice. Oh uh, my gosh. Which, which, by the way, I would like to point out uh, that I, I think the statute of limitations is run up because the last thing I want to do is get mom locked up. But um, I do believe forcing me to wear later Hosen as a child is now officially recognized as a form of child abuse in the state of Virginia where I was growing up. So I think she lucked out in that sense. But now, dressing me hand, up like a little German boy. On the other hand, dressing up as a little German girl in the in the Durndl, mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of it's very flattering. Let me just put it that oh, way. Oh, okay. I mean, if you've seen, you know, the girls yes. in the Durndls with the, you know, two huge uh, things of beer, beer holding on each side. Yeah. Yes. They look pretty darn good. So I'm okay wearing the Durndl. Um... I haven't gone down and checked out the official tree yet. It's right here. Oh, I, yeah, it's just down the street. Yeah. I got to go over there, you don't go I? See that. It's, it's really nice. And while you're there, go ice skating. No. I, I don't know why. It's. Not, I mean, I've only done no. it a couple times. Yeah. It's not been that crowded. And I'm glad. Maybe the crowd's most, not my issue with ice skating. Well, I, the I falling think a lot on of people, the ice yeah, is my issue with ice skating. Is, so is that at Maggie Daly Park it's or both. where? It's right there at Millennial Park. Um, you can ice skate right there by the tree and also at Maggie Daly. Maggie Daly Park I haven't done, but that looks really cool because they call it the ribbon. Mm-hmm. So you kind of skate around all their stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not just a regular big, you know, one square thing that you skate around it's like it's, a path it's a path that you skate around so it oh, looks really so i can cool. fall down in different areas yes <laughs> yes and when you fall there are more places to get off uh i had a a negative experience as a skater uh probably in my teenage years i want to say i fell backwards hit my head knocked myself Ugh. out 
and I have not enjoyed skating yeah. since. You know what? You get back up and, and get I back was unconscious, so I didn't get right back up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, took a, it took a minute or two for me to get back up. That's hilarious. Now, and I was like, why are we doing this? Oh, my gosh. My, I don't know why. In Chicago, swimming was like, we never took swim lessons, which was funny because we lived by the lake. But we, I learned to ice skate like when I was five. Yeah. I, don't know why, I don't know if it's just my parents. But, Nick, guess where I learned to ice skate of all places? Hum- what? Humble Park. Really? The pot, the lake there at uh-huh. Humble Park. We went all, I mean, it was huge. It was a huge ice skating and we get, venue. So you're literally skating on a pond or yeah. a little thing. See, and it was a lake. I've, I've watched too many movies, apparently, that yeah, I, I think the say. damn ice is going to yeah. break. You're going to fall in all the time. No, we never went unless it was unbelievably cold. So it was always so uncomfortable. I loved ice skating. It was freezing, yeah. but that's when you had to go. You're right, because we didn't want to break through. And- you, you know, we had these folks on last year. We were talking about fun things to do. The Walnut Room this time of year. <gasps> Inside <Yeah>. the the <gasps> formerly it's, Marshall Fields. It's magical. It's ma- magical. It really is. I took my daughter. You can do a little there. shopping. Mm-hmm. You can go in the Walnut Room. You experience it. And, you know, I, that that. Macy's, and I do want to call it the Marshall Fields. It still has the plaque that says Marshall Fields on the side of it, so I think they're okay with me calling it Marshall Fields. I mean, that's where I've I've created something that my friends around the country, you guys need to know that the rest of the world is not up to speed on Frango. That's just not a thing in other places. Who doesn't know Frango? So I bought boxes of it. And handed it out as presents, you know, from your 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 new Chicagoan. Mm-hmm. How'd they like it? I have requests for Frango again this year. I have people that said, don't show up if you're not bringing that wonderful chocolate from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So we've got the Frango. And I, you have to buy it at the Marshall Fields. I think that's just part of the ritual. Absolutely. Yes. You gotta yeah, buy it you there. Have to. And they well, sell it other places, but they, that's where you gotta get it. And I think they still do the windows. They they, they decorate. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's awesome too. You can walk around the whole building. Now I haven't seen the story. holiday train. I haven't seen it yet. Mm. There's a train and there's a bus. Uh, the holiday bus? There's yeah. so much to do. There's so much to do. I gotta so. get to it. We've only got three weeks left. Oh, okay, a lot of this weeks. runs through uh the you, new year. You most certainly can. And good morning to you. A happy Tuesday. We jump into the 7 o'clock hour, take a look at the big stories people are talking about, and Judy starts us off. Indiana police may have a break in the case of two teenage girls in Delphi. They went hiking, never returned home. Their bodies were found the next day. Police are looking at a fictitious online profile. It may be connected to the case. Today is December 7th, a date that will live in infamy. This is the 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, which dragged the United States into the war with Japan, Judy. And could others be charged in that school shooting in Michigan? Prosecutors are still looking at everyone. Yeah. Um, So it is interesting because, listen, there is one person who is responsible for the deaths, and it is that boy who pulled the trigger on the gun. I, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to absolve him in any way, shape, or form. That is the person who directly, his actions directly led to the deaths of four people and the injuries of seven others. But there are other people involved and other people that might face some, 
Well, might might face some repercussions. This is the prosecutor speaking. But I do know that there was a concern for the teachers in the classroom when they saw both of those things and brought it to administrative level and parents were involved. But I do want to stress that in all of these players, the only two people who knew both that those two things occurred, the drawings, the, the very terrifying drawings that were clearly a threat of violence and the, the ammunition, ammunition search, the only two people who knew that that and the accessibility of a weapon were uh, Mr. and Mrs. Crumbling, mom and dad. So school officials, and the, this the prosecutor said, school officials haven't been ruled out of charges because we now find that the Oxford High School staff had legal grounds to search the backpack of the shooter and his locker, etc. Um, prior to the shooting and, and did not do it. Listen, Monday morning quarterbacking is easy. But do they bear some responsibility? Right. These are counselors who are. Here's the thing I keep thinking about, if true. The counselors call in the parents. The parents know they bought him a gun. He might have a gun. Uh, you know. He had, he had put up he social drew, media pictures drew, of him with he, a gun. He made drawings of Drawings a gun of, of shooting bullets. people. It's how do you not. And, you know, okay, so they don't say anything to the school officials, but. Maybe in the back of their minds thinking, oh, well, we did buy this gun that he could have gotten a hold of. I mean, and they the parents leave. The kid stays in school. He's already got the gun. And they don't, you're right, they don't check his locker. And I wonder if that's because the parents came to school. And I almost mm. wonder if they didn't call the parents because it seems like they did the right thing there. Yeah. Calling the, they we're concerned about your son, but they didn't do that other part, which is... Check the locker, check the And backpack. this is interesting. So the prosecutor says, the prosecutor said, we don't know exactly if that weapon was in his bag where it was. We just know it was in the school and he had access to it. Mm. So they may not have found it anyway. He may have Fair hidden enough. it somewhere. Yeah. But he they put it in the bathroom. But they didn't do even that much. Yeah, right. So So she's not accusing them of this. But... I do find it interesting because I mean there are there is legal things here, but it had risen to the level where legally they could have searched for this gun and potentially found it prior to the shooting. And after all of those red flags, you know, are are we going to see schools ratchet ratchet this up? Yeah, and and, I, and I'm surprised he. So the superintendent now says that the the parents flatly refused quote. To take their son home that day. Yes. Because that was another thing. I'm like, if you're called to school and your kid is in such distress, take him home. Get him out of there. They didn't think so. And they apparently had encouraged this behavior. And when and the uh, school said they didn't want to send him home to an empty house, which means to me that maybe the parents were like, well, we're not even going to be home. We're going back to our jobs or wherever they were going. When he was caught, it was searching for ammunition on his phone by a teacher and that was reported that got back to the parents part of the evidence is the text message that mom sent back to the kid uh, paraphrasing lol just be more careful next time so they didn't (laughs) 
they didn't take this seriously. And they didn't think it was an issue. And they thought, for lack of better terms, the school was the problem. And they weren't going to do anything about their kid. We also know that when the parents refused to take this kid out of school, after all these red flags, and refused to send him home, they could have called the police. The school. The school could have called the police and said, "This is we are we are concerned for the safety of other kids." Yeah. And this this student has exhibited enough behavior that I, I, he did exhibit enough behavior. Right, this for that. is it. There, it's not even under. You've heard dispute. the stories of gee, we never suspected it, or that person never. This guy did nothing but show that. signs. He basically said, he yeah. telegraphed the punch." Mm-hmm. But you know what they say that that does happen in most school shootings. The signs are all there. Signs yeah. are it's all it's the same thing over and over and over again. And, and Which is people why I think ignoring this, them or not paying attention or not case, taking this seriously. Yeah, that's why they're they're taking this. But so it seems far. like the school, we talk about the school doing everything right. They did everything right right up until the point they could have prevented it. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just like there was one more step they needed. They needed to get this kid out of the school. That was the, the the one more step, and they got like right up to the edge and yeah. said, "Yeah, we're not going to go any farther than that." And I don't know what the rules are. If the parents said no, and I don't know that you could just kick a kid out. Maybe you can. I just don't know what the rules are. You're right. Should you just let a kid go when you know there's nowhere to go, and the parents aren't going to be home? He's in a state He's of distress. Fifteen years old. Yeah, but in his state of mind, then what are you liable for? You let a kid like that out in the streets who might harm someone. Or himself. They seem to be more concerned about him harming himself. Well, and if you have someone with, uh, and what were the, the words he wrote? I can't get the thoughts out of my head and things like this. The world is dead. Um, yeah, yeah, we're all that, dead. And- that it struck me that the concern would be that he would harm himself in some way, shape, or form. My life is useless. The world is dead. Yeah. That you're you're concerned about someone committing suicide at that point. Yeah. Right, which veers you from that school shooting part. But but it He's doesn't veer you away from not... this person needs help immediately, not tomorrow. Right, take him home, get him help now. I mean, I think they told the parents, "We'll make sure you, you have forty eight hours to get him to see a counselor." Right. Well, <sighs> yeah, we find out that the the, the kid wasn't going to wait forty eight hours to see yeah. a counselor, and and did that. But it's interesting where. Um, again, the prosecutor has said we haven't ruled out charging anybody in this. Uh, and that could school officials be held in some way, shape, or form for, for not doing enough, knowing everything that they knew along the way and well, knowing and, how serious this was. And the parents, you know, that this is a first charging the parents. We'll see yeah. how that plays out. And a good morning. Hey. Happy Tuesday to you. And coming up one week from today, we are celebrating our first anniversary. We are going to be at Brown Sugar Bakery. That's over on uh, East 75th Street. Brown Sugar Bakery, Judy and myself, celebrating one year uh, of the show. And it's our anniversary, our birthday. You get the presents. And the presents? Cake. Feels like a month. Lots of cake. Delicious caramel cake. Free cake. Um, yeah, th- she knows how to make cake. The woman has a gift. Yeah. Stephanie. 
And I mean, a piece of cake, I think it weighs like three pounds each slice. Takes two hands to yeah. carry it. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. You're going to need that. So uh, more information, you can go to WLSAM990.com or brownsugarbakerychicago.com. And we hope that you can join us after the show next Tuesday. We'd love to see you out there uh, and enjoy some cake. All right? Uh, where do you even begin? So the, the Jussie Smollett trial was already one week into it was already kind of crazy all right there was a lot of things going on in this a lot of moving parts a lot of contradictory uh, uh, uh claims and then yesterday in a bold strategy cotton let's see if it plays out Jussie Smollett took the stand in his own defense called to the stand Six hours of testimony yeah, he's been he needed that hours. long to to weave that tail. Well, and that's the thing: is he acting? Is this a performance? Can you trust the things that he's saying? It's not up to us; it's up to a jury. Uh, whether they, I mean, believe you must it. add in there as well: is he telling the truth? Right, you know? because because the jury now has heard absolute contradictory testimony about what happened that night here on the mean streets of Streeterville because Jesse Smollett said that the claim that the whole thing was a hoax that he set up is 100% false. 100% false. Yeah. He is sticking by his story. He's going down with this story, so to speak, and making the argument that everybody else... In this case, is lying. They're or, all lying. Yeah, or wrong, or the police are wrong. I mean, he said the police jumped to conclusions, came up with their own scenario. But, you know, let's not forget, and he couldn't get around that. He he would not, I believe he would not go to the hospital, So there, and he would not let give police any medical well, he information. He wasn't cooperating right, very much. He wouldn't, didn't cooperate, no. Wouldn't let him see the Although phone. Although he said he things. did cooperate, because right. then he... Uh, Webb, uh, the uh, prosecutor, asked him about, you know, didn't you say you would cooperate 100%? And he said there were no percentages involved. <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's the way you do it on the stand, right? And the thing about juries, they're, they're not one cohesive mind, right? You're dealing with 12 different people, and all you need is one. We had our, our guest on earlier, Rich. One person to say, well, that seems logical. There are so many things that came out of this yesterday that that just strain credibility that make it really difficult for you to go that sounds logical. Let me give you let me give you one of the pieces that sticks out. We'll start with the first one. What? That he went to Subway, Subway sandwiches in the middle of the night? <laughs> He's hungry, man. He just got off a plane. Well, I have I show people that subway. That's part of my tour. <laughs> no, when I give the tour, it used subway? to be. I don't think it is okay. anymore. So I used to give, you know, when no. I give the tour of my neighborhood, I go, this is the subway that's, that Jesse Smollett yeah. went no, to. No, you just have to say that's the subway. Yeah. People that's will know. That's the subway, right? Because that's where <laughs> million-dollar actors go. Yeah. This is where he hungry. was. This was his apartment yeah. right over here across the street. This mm-hmm. is where he was living. Yeah, I can give the whole it's tour. Chicago, who doesn't walk around at 1 It's like the, the death tour. You know, you do that in, in uh, you know, you go, uh, this is where, the, the Al Capone tour. I'm giving the Jesse Smollett tour. Buses go by now. You would think <laughs> I could be a tour a guide. Smollett route. I get it. It runs along the water. Maybe we could do a water tour with this. Maybe get one of those boats involved. The Jesse yeah. Smollett boat tour. We're just going to go up and up and down about one one block. But that's not the point. So how about this? So 
he gets back to his apartment. Says he got jumped. A friend is with him. He takes the noose. Remember, there was a noose involved? He takes the noose off. The friend who's at the apartment, this is what Jesse Swant testified to, called police and told him, put the noose back on so the cops can see it. (laughs) No, not that way. This way. Tighten it up a little bit. (laughs) Who does that? Somebody puts a noose around me, threaten to hang me, whatever it might be, and I take the noose off. I'm not putting it back right. on for effect. Here's the noose. This was around this neck. Right. Right. You know, I'm like, why would you okay. put it back you on? You should be traumatized at that point. You wouldn't you want it. Have, uh, you run touch the to noose. the police. If there's a noose around your neck, run to the police. Or call the police, which, of course, he didn't. <laughs> it was his well, manager or whatever. That he right. said he didn't even realize there was a noose around his neck until... After the attack. Right, that's right. <sighs> Must have been very loose. A loose noose. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> he also is claiming that $3,500 that he, uh, mm-hmm. $3, was for uh, uh, weight loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that uh, he the was trying to get... The brothers who he had sex and drugs and rock uh, and roll with, uh, they, yeah, they were helping him lose weight as well. But it was, it was illegal in the United States. It's an herbal steroid uh, th- that he was trying to get on the low. The, apparently, you can get in Nigeria, which is why Nigerians are skinnier, I'm and going to assume. My favorite testimony was, why would I have let someone beat me up? I, my face is my livelihood. <laughs> I, because apparently he had maybe a black All right. As in the hopes, we'd yeah. let people hoax, strike yeah. you in the face. How the most ridiculous part of this is. Yes. The moneymaker. Jussie Smollett. Yes. Live by my face. Live by my face. That's the moneymaker. You can't possibly hurt that. Come on. Good morning. Um, thanks for spending time with us today. Don't forget that we uh, podcast this show. You can subscribe to the podcast um, via WLSAM.com. It's pretty obvious links there. Or uh, if you're uh, an Apple user, just go to iTunes and search for The Bruce St. James Show and you can uh, click subscribe there. Listen at your leisure. All right. Whenever you want to get around to it. You know, the importance, uh, we just we were just talking about the importance of art in schools. And, and Count Me is one that thinks that um, part of being a well-rounded student, you know, that art was part of that. I, I learned to play the recorder. Oh, God. Probably still have yep. it in a box somewhere. Um, I had different art-leaning classes. I sang in a choir. I didn't play instruments. I couldn't couldn't play an instrument. I also had shop class, you know, metal shop, auto shop, you know, this kind of well-roundedness. Mm-hmm. And for many people, sports is a part of that as well. Uh, sports is more than just winning and losing. There's, you know, the commitment side of it. There's the health angle of it. There's the team, uh, teamwork, working within a, within a group. And so I think we have to acknowledge that on a certain level, which is probably why when you have places like... Uh, Oak Brook and River Forest, who earlier this week, Oak Park, Oak Park, canceled, canceled winter sports. Why they got so much pushback and why they've now rescinded 
that cancellation and we'll and we'll move forward with winter sports. Right. I mean, parents came out in force, right? Parents and students to protest. Um, they wanted to cancel the rest of the winter sports and activities for the rest of the semester because they've had like uh, a lot of cases of COVID. They say it's a COVID uh, hotspot. Yeah, for some reason. It's strange. Um, so, yeah, that particular school decided to cancel and then they got all that pushback from parents and students. And so they uh, they rescinded that. They said, all right, you know what? Uh, we're going to up our mitigations a little bit, make it a little bit more, you know, safe in the schools and uh, we rescind what we uh, the cancellation, and so they'll go on with their sports is and this, activities. Is this also an acknowledgement that for for some people, sports is their opportunity? We know the price of college is astronomical, and maybe out of reach for a lot of people. But that scholarship for wrestling, that scholarship for soccer, basketball, volleyball, might be the only way. And so when schools look at sports in the olden way, that it is just a bunch of kids running around on a field or a court, it strikes me that a lot of people, and I know I know some of these parents, Sports is more important than math class because oh, yeah. they're handing out math scholarships. Um, Do you sports, know what I mean? Sports is more important to some schools sure. than anything. Well, but, I mean, but that's a schools, self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy, isn't it? Right. You, get, I, I, you get them in there. Yeah, but you wonder if they would have canceled the football season. Mm. I mean, I'm assuming, well, I don't know. Are they still in the football? No, they're done, right? I think There, there are some yeah. sports. I mean, there are some schools, certainly my kids' high school, Football was everything. Right. Football got all the money. They that was mm-hmm. so. I, I wonder if canceling the rest of the season. What what sports are we talking here? How how hard would basketball? It, what does that mean? Is yeah. a winter sport? Mm-hmm. I think about indoor sports. Yeah, in the winter time. Right. You know, you know what and, I'm saying. Actually, and it doesn't even matter. Wrestling you know what? is an indoor yeah, sport. These parents said. They said no. Our kids need. It's not even about the ones who are need to do a sport to go to college. It's just about the kids who just are doing a sport just for their sanity. It's why well, you just talked about how well rounded kids need to be. This after COVID was something that they needed. How many kids only go to school so that they're eligible mm-hmm. to play sports? Yeah, it's the how hook. many kids? It's be, the hook to get to be them to eligible. Show up. Do their schoolwork. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maintain yeah. a C average or whatever it is right. in order to play. I, I think the idea that sports is an afterthought and some sort of a um, throwaway or a bonus in this day and age, sports is on par with the other reasons why people are going to school. Like it or not, you, you don't have to like it. You can say, hey, you know, the three R's are, are there four R's? How many R's are there? Reading, writing, arithmetic. That's um are are more important but not if the kid won't show up for class and not if the kid can't afford to go to college without that either art scholarship mm-hmm. or sports scholarship something where they have a unique passion or ability in that they can then translate that into a collegiate career of some sort and so I think schools are going to get a hell of a lot of pushback. Uh, and they even said, you know, they're, they've got uh, 
a vast majority of the school is vac. 81% of students are vaccinated. 81%. Yeah. They'll be okay. They're going to be okay. All right? I, I believe in you guys. All right? Good morning. Happy Tuesday. We'll jump into the 8 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Jesse Smollett called the claims that his entire tussle was a hoax 100% false. As he took the stand in his own defense, he will be back on the stand this morning facing more cross-examination. Judy. Presidents Biden and Putin about to hash it out on a call amid a critical moment of escalating tensions over Ukraine. The U.S. concerned with Russian military activities on the border with that country. Yeah, that could it could get serious, by the way. Mm. Um, December 7th remains a day that will live in infamy. Today is the 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, and maybe more amazingly, you know, we still have some Pearl Harbor survivors around. It's absolutely amazing. We've got a chance to hear those stories. Uh, unreal. 80-year anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, maybe it's Hawaii you want to travel to. But for many people, they are world travelers. They like to get outside the country. They like to experience other cultures, see places that normally you only only see in pictures, Right? Or movies. But traveling overseas might be a little difficult these days. And to understand a little bit more about it. Well, first off, we know that there's going to be a bunch of new travel restrictions, rules. And according to an administration official, the plan will require all international travelers, even those who are vaccinated, to test negative within one day of their departure to the U.S. So... Seems reasonable. It's not unreasonable, but with the Omicron variant immediately starting to shut down some airline routes and uh, countries that you can come from, it's leading to a lot of confusion. Joining us right now is Colleen Kelly, the host of Round Trip with Colleen Kelly. You can hear it every Sunday right here, 6 to 7 on WLS. Colleen, great to have you back. Oh, always great to be with you and Judy. Thanks for having me. Now, I know that you recently traveled overseas. So you you waited as long as you could. And uh, uh, where exactly were you? You know, I didn't travel for a year and a half like most people. Right. But suddenly everybody decided to reschedule their, their tourism conventions, which I go to. And Ireland asked for an episode for my show for family travel. So I headed um, October 30th to London for a convention. Uh had two days over in Paris, headed there, waited for the crew to show up in Dublin, um, uh, ended up in Dublin, then uh, shot an episode of Family Travel for a, for a week. Now, this is over three weeks' time. Right. And headed home for 36 hours to repack and go to Mexico. So wow. four countries, well, actually, technically, five countries, if you include the United States. But were, I do. Were you feeling like the coast was clear, right? That it was time you could do it? <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that's kind of where we're at with this, is that for all the people that thought, okay, now we can go, there are concerns again. And and some of these concerns are very real. I, I'm, 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 I just want to say, I know a little bit more. Colleen and I, we, we, we recently had a conversation. And a member of your crew ran into this very issue. Yeah, my executive producer, Christina Paul, and the co-host of Round Trip for WLS, 
uh, we were in London together, waited for the crew in two, for two days in Paris, and all of a sudden in Paris, she's like, you yeah, I'm kind of feeling like I've got a cold coming on. Oh, and then, anyway, went to Dublin, get to Dublin, she said, I'm just going to take one of those tests, you know, from the pharmacy. Right. And it kept showing up positive. And she was vaccinated. Uh-huh. I was vaccinated. I got the booster before I left. Um, but she was the one that was most adamant about wearing masks everywhere. Of course. And, uh, yeah, she got COVID in Ireland. So, so but that, that she that. couldn't, she couldn't come back, right? She could not come back. She had to stay in a hotel room for 10 days, the same hotel room. Now this hotel was fantastic and fed her every day, <laughs> breakfast and dinner. She couldn't leave. They had to literally bring her food up to the room by the door and, uh, yeah, so she she was she had some tough symptoms like a bad cold. She said, uh, like somebody hit hit her in the head. Oh my! Uh, but after you know after day five, she was better and just kind of stuck in a room. And um, Ireland could have been better to her or treated her better. But she yeah she actually had this happen. And it, you know when you go over there, you think oh it's not going to happen to me or you know you do have a fear of it happening. But for for it to actually happen to her was. I think both of us were in shock. Um, is she, that what most European countries would do too at this point? If you test positive, you have to stay there for two weeks. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you have to stay there. I mean, she had to stay in that particular hotel because they we were working with the country of mm-hmm. Ireland, and um, they had to go with the protocol that that they you know aligned with. But uh, yeah, so um, so she had to stay in a hotel room. I don't know if you can leave another go to another hotel room. Some people say you can. But, yeah, you do have to self-quarantine for 10 days. And, and you know, that's costly, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Ten. it is, honestly, was every the fear came true. But she uh, ended up getting out on the 10th day and t- testing negative. So that was she got one day to see a little so, bit of Ireland. Again, we're talking to Colleen Kelly, uh, host of Round Trip with Colleen Kelly. You can hear Sundays right here on WLS 6 to 7. Um what advice would you give people? There, there are people out there that might be sitting on the. They've either planned their international travel or they're thinking about it, I, or they're I, about to go. Yeah, count me as one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm paralyzed, and I hate that because I want to plan and I want to do it. I just feel paralyzed by the idea that I plan a trip now for February. Okay, March. I have. I. I genuinely have no concept of what what the rules might be coming or going by then. Right. Bruce, you travel a lot. I do. A lot. More than I do, I think. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's funny. It's, I, I wasn't expecting so much um, how involved it was to travel. You, can you do it? Yes. Um, but you have to be much more prepared these days. You have to get there earlier. I used to get to the airport, and I thought this was very early, three hours before an international flight. Three hours? That's not enough. I believe anymore. Oh, Honestly, I would sakes. say four. And if you're overseas, definitely four. Um, because overseas, you know, when you leave for here, um, you know, it, it's, it, you, you kind of know what's going on in the United States. Yeah. But when you travel over to another country, you have to take sometimes a test, a PCR test at the airport. They have a lot of um, airport PCR tests um, because they want it done 24 hours. So you have to get in line for the PCR test at the airport, wait for your results. It all takes time. Sure. And I, and I had three hours, I think, one time in the airport over there, and it wasn't enough. I mean, wow. I made it. But, yeah, it's definitely a different, difficult. Now, do people, travel now. are they aware of that before they go? I mean, are those things that show up when their yeah. flight comes up? They should know. Well, you got to ask the question. Because right? I'd be one of those people who would show up and be like, what? What do you mean? What, you need, take a what test? do you mean I need a mask? Uh, yeah. I mean, that would yeah. be shocking. Well, masks are obviously bring a ton of extra masks. That would be one way. Um, 
you know, big tips. But you, yeah, you have to research. And I've done more research for these, these trips than I ever have in my entire life traveling. Um, because the, the, the rules change every day. For instance, my cousins, I was in Mexico two weeks ago. My cousins were in Mexico two days ago. And you had to have a PCR test three days before you left Mexico, so 72 hours, when I was there two weeks ago. It just changed to one day before right. my cousins were there. And they said that they were worried, you know, when would they get the test back? What if it came in too late? You know, what would they do? How would they prepare if they found out one of them was, um, you know, positive? You're making so, me nervous, Colleen. You're not helping me. <laughs> I'm being realistic. I appreciate Is this that. all because of the Omicron? Is that... No, this was before the army. Okay, so this is before. This is yeah. not that these are new things. These Everything just seems to change constantly. Well, it can change by this afternoon. Four weeks ago, I barely heard of Omnicrom pretty sure. much. Uh, you know, and all of a sudden now we're hearing about it everywhere. Yeah, I think the bottom line is research. Obviously, go on every website you can, the CDC. Also, uh, that country that you're going into and flying into, I would check their website up to like the day before you leave. Because, like I said, mm-hmm. it changes all the time. Um, bring extra mass. Also, one thing, going overseas, which I, Christina, that? my co-host, calls me a mini pharmacy. I always bring, <laughs> I always have whatever you need. If you need modium from Mexico, I've got it. If you, you know, you need like an antibiotic, <laughs> I have antibiotics. Because it's harder to get medicine over there. You know, yeah, yeah you know. You I know. Do, yeah, you can't just, they don't have Walgreens on every corner. Right, right. and your gift shop, even in your hotel a lot of places in europe does not even have aspirin, no, they don't sell they don't sell drugs they call it colleen mm-hmm. thank you very much right. yeah absolutely thanks for having me on it was great to talk to you both and just tell everybody be prepared be prepared thanks for the sure. advice she's colleen kelly host of round trip with colleen kelly sunday six to seven right here on wls yeah that's something i learned i travel with drugs because Something as simple as Tylenol, they look at you like you're crazy. Unless I mean, you go to Mexico. And right. then they just hand it out. Yes, yeah, right. they do. Right. Right. It depends <laughs> on the country. Good point. Good point. Hey, good morning. Happy Tuesday. She's Judy Pilak. I'm Bruce St. James. Thanks for spending time with us today. You know, we are rapidly approaching the one-year anniversary of this show. And as I say, we are going to have a party, mostly for me beating the over-under, which was set at three months. So I crushed that. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to be having a bit of a soiree. Nick, do you think we can even convince you to show up? I may just make it there. I'll give you cake. Yeah, there's free cake involved, right? There is cake. If there was alcohol, he would have shown. Uh, no, that's all it's going to take. And a pack of camels. I'll yeah. put it right there. Yeah. We're going to be at Brown Sugar Bakery next Tuesday, right after the show. Let's say 10 a.m., right? 328 East 75th Street. And uh, we're giving away free caramel cake. I We have sampled multiple slices of this cake and can attest to its deliciousness. It's the one time you can have your cake and eat it, too. There you go. Next Boom. Tuesday. All right. Come and join us. Uh, it's our anniversary you get the presence. The city of Chicago uh, released its latest numbers after a city employee vax mandate, which was met with a lot of pushback specifically by the police department, but the other departments, there were individuals, I guess you would say. Um, but now we're hearing some of the solid numbers and I, I think the numbers look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and the police department is no longer the least compliant city agency because they did scream the loudest at least they, the union they certainly did um so yeah as of uh yesterday 89 almost 90 percent yeah of police department workers have reported 
their vaccination status of those. Um, I think, what is it, something like... 81 percent yeah maybe are vaccinated so right it's- and again all you the, the requirement and it, it does get it's it's a distinction with a difference the requirement by the city of chicago was you disclose your vaccination right. status it was not a mandatory vaccination actually 75 percent of the police department workers are fully vaccinated the mandatory part of vaccination was scheduled for the 31st of this year that is uh, a, 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 no a judge instructed them to get together and negotiate something better than that. All right. But we will see how that applies to other city workers as well. And and we will find out. Uh, but for the most part, a majority of city workers, a vast majority. Ninety five percent of all city workers have reported uh, their vaccination status. Right. And so it's working. In that sense. Um, Interestingly, though, city council staffers are now the least compliant. Yeah, well, I don't get that. Maybe it's because there's just a small number of them. I mean, Uh, compared to other busy. They just may not have had the time yet. We're busy taking calls about potholes. We certainly don't have time to go get vaccinated. You would be surprised. But now all the men do not fall into that category. They are not required. It's just their staff. Their staff, right. Um, So what other approaches could people take to encourage vaccination we've got the get vaccinated or lose your job (laughs) uh get vaccinated or you can't go to this concert Uh, you you know what i'm saying we other restrictions get vaccinated free beer get free stuff donuts beer etc because we have one lawmaker uh right here who proposed a bill in the state legislature that would require the, I'm going to use the term, voluntarily unvaxxed to pay for their own health care. That they would not be covered, for lack of better terms. Right. If they could get vaccinated and they chose not to. Mm Mm-hmm. Not that they couldn't, they had a health, you know, problem or right. exemption. Unvaxed. They said no. Then, yeah, this uh, state lawmaker, uh, Representative Jonathan Carroll, his bill says, then you insurance companies don't have to pay for your insurance. Wow. They don't have to cover that part. If you get COVID and suffer and have to go to the hospital, whatever the case may be, that it will not be covered by your health care. Wow. Company. Wow. Yeah, that is a wow. I, I don't, that, I, that's going to be a hard one to pass, I think. But it's already, it's been introduced. I mean, not even talked about, but already introduced. So it's the first step of what could be. How, how, yeah. A collapsing wall. Right. I think he's of, of just, more barriers. Yeah. Exactly. And monetary, um, incentives or mm-hmm. disincentives, right. you know, if you are, are not covered. Although, again, I don't, I, know, I worry it, about it where that goes. Such a can of worms, doesn't so, it? Though, yeah, it's. I, I mean, name all it. the other things that yeah. you voluntarily did to yourself that may lead to your mm-hmm. hospitalization. I mean, that's. I mostly, do like ten a day. Yeah, that's mostly why people are hospitalized. Okay? Yes, it's not I did usually it to just myself. Out of the blue, yeah. Yes, exactly. I know what I did. It's not a surprise. Hey, good morning. A happy Tuesday to you, Bruce and Judy, and it's pretty cool. Hey, do you like magic? Do you like being fooled, so to speak? 
Right now is one half of the amazing, amazing duo of Penn and Teller. Penn Gillette joins us. Penn, good morning. Hi, how are you doing today? So far, so good. Can we can we deal with the elephant in the room right off the bat? Sure. Where did the ponytail go? Ah, well, you know, I I did a thing um, several years ago uh, with uh, I mean it was a long time now I guess five six years ago where they do this uh, uh, locks of love thing mm-hmm. where they uh, they do hair for people who've um, for mostly children who've. Uh, who've done chemotherapy and so on and i had my hair like a couple feet long so we cut it off and uh gave it to them as kind of a pr thing to get others to do that and then i just kept it short so yeah. i it wasn't really uh uh wasn't really a um a fashion decision it was just kind of um momentum once i did this this little thing well i could argue that the ponytail wasn't a fashion decision the first time around either so then I'm <laughs> i kid because i love and you would win that argument. <laughs> uh, again, Penn Gillette with us right now. And the reason we're talking to you is because you have been added to and a part of uh, Magic Immersive right here in yeah. downtown Chicago, it, which is the, the entire concept is pretty amazing of Magic Immersive. Yeah, well, you know, magic is uh, automatically uh, immersive. I mean, you can let music and other art forms flow over you, but magic, you must engage. You know, magic is the unwilling suspension of disbelief. And... um you have to uh, you have to engage intellectually and emotionally, or it simply doesn't happen. Mm. And what uh, what Jamie's done here, uh, Jamie Allen with the uh, Magic Immersive, has really made it so that you get to experience all kinds of magic and a lot of magic history, uh, all in, all in one space. I mean, there's just every kind you can imagine. There's you know there's a, there's escapology, there's uh, there's uh, stage magic, there's illusions, there's uh, close up. There's uh, there's mentalism. It's all it's all here. Plus uh, a kind of walk through. You know, you call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yeah. for magic. You get to see uh, Houdini stuff and Doug Henning stuff, Copperfield stuff. There's some Penn and Teller stuff too. But who cares about that? <laughs> I care because we're talking Thank to Penn Gillette. And yeah. and uh, so Penn, I have a. This might be a stupid question, and it will hardly be my first one. Is there a difference between a magician and an illusionist? Well, you know, um, they became fashionable in the um, in the seventies, way way back, to start using the word illusion instead of trick. I prefer the word trick by so much okay. because illusion tends to be optical. It tends to not engage the intellect. It tends to be just a um, just a, you know an optical illusion, mm-hmm. and uh, usually done with mirrors and lighting and so on. I prefer the stuff where you're really thinking about it. And that word we have is a yes, it is a monosyllabic, but it is uh, a very trustworthy word, which is it's a damn trick. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you and your and your partner uh, Teller have, have been uh, doing this for so long, and uh, really have set. I think you've set uh, something of a standard. By the way, uh, okay. where, with the way that your act works and uh, the way that you've brought magic to the masses, as well as uh, your TV shows, your your Showtime show, which I I don't think I can say the name of it out loud uh, on the radio <laughs> was. Was I'm abs- sure you can, but well, the radio doesn't like it. I won't be able to do it twice, I guess I should say. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing because it struck me as we share some similarities, um, which is you're a bit, of, I think you're a bit of a skeptic. Uh, and, yeah. and that kind of lends itself 
to a, to a lot of this. I are are skeptics. Do they make better magicians? Well, I think you 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 almost have to be. I mean, what um, what magic is to get to get fairly serious for a moment is the most important decision that any any person or any culture can make is deciding what's true, deciding on a shared reality. And um, that decision is very, very important and very heavy. And what magic does is it allows to deal with the question of truth in a playful way. It's playful epistemology, if you will. And uh, it allows you to deal with how truth can be distorted when the stakes are very, very low, and that's just a playground. And I think that's one of the reasons that magic is such an important step at, you know, when, when people hit preteen and teen to understand how, um, how other human beings will distort reality and doing it playfully allows you to learn that skill. And, um, I, I believe it's tremendously important, you know, whereas, whereas music is a very good form to deal with love. Uh, magic is a very good form to deal with truth. Wow, I never thought of it in that context, but that makes complete sense. Again, we're talking to Pendulette, half of Penn and Teller. Uh, you can catch them uh, performing as part of the magic immersive experience going on in Chicago right now. Jamie Allen bringing that here. Um, you know, listen, we talk about the news, we talk about issues here, and I'm unclear on something, and I'm not trying to back you into a corner. I consider myself a libertarian. Are you still mm -hmm. a libertarian? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, I really don't know, and mostly because, and I believe this is almost a, uh, uh, a cliche, but people will often say that uh, movements they were part of left them as opposed to them leaving it. Got it. When, um, when, uh, when libertarians or people that labeled themselves libertarians, and we could argue about whether they actually were, started talking about um, the virus as a as a freedom issue, it, it troubled me because not wearing seatbelts is an individual issue. Not wearing masks is, you know, the the classic libertarian is my freedom, my freedom to wave my arms stops at your face. Yeah. And uh, with the virus, we ended up with this um, weird situation where, you know, invisible things became um, really uh, doing harm to other people. So when I got all these emails, and this is, you know, it's part of the culture, and mm -hmm. we're arguing about words here. When I got all these emails from libertarians saying, you know, you need to show up at our anti-mask rally, uh, we can argue about whether that should be forced by the government, but we cannot argue with the science, and we cannot argue with compassion for other people. We must do everything we can to protect others, and um, I think that um, libertarianism was supposed to be about freedom, not about disregard for the safety of others. I, I think I'm right there with you. By the way, I, 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 we are we are if not in lockstep, we're we're walking pretty close to one another, Penn. And I I do appreciate that. But I I've always thought of you as as an intellectual, as someone who could look at these issues. And I love the way that you weave that into uh, your your comedy uh, comedy and magic as well, uh, because I do laugh a lot at you uh, so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you that as that, long as you're laughing at me and not with not, me it makes me happy there you go <laughs> perfect well but, but speaking about the safety aspect i mean you're back i mean i know you're still performing um is it is it uh is it the same performing in front of quote a covid crowd well you know um no it's not the same but i went 421 days 
without doing a live show. And since I was 12 years old, I'd never gone more than a month. Um, So um, being back on stage in any way at all is wonderful. And, you know, we can't argue with reality. Would I rather have people up on stage without masks and doing tricks for them? Well, yes, of course. But I also want people to be safe. So our theater is set up so it's very, very safe and I can still do a live show. And the same thing with Magic Immersive. I mean, um, we have to... We have to make concessions to reality and what I want the virus to do and what the virus actually does don't seem to overlap much. So, uh, so no, it's not the same. And yes, it is still glorious and what for. We are excited that you're a part of Magic Immersive. Your fans and maybe those who haven't been exposed to Penn and Teller can come and enjoy it at Jamie Allen's Magic Immersive uh, tickets on sale uh, and right here in the heart of Chicago. Penn, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. What a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, outstanding. So uh, the Magic Immersive is amazing in and of itself. And uh, Penn and Teller, what a, what a fantastic, fantastic thing they've done. Uh, and being a, a face of magic. For, for, for quite some time now and continuing to do so in, uh, in this new way. Hey, good morning. It's, uh, Bruce and Judy with you and the, um, the circus, the soap opera, uh, continues shortly. And Jussie Smollett will retake the stand in his own defense in this. Bizarre Is that trial. on Netflix or Hulu? I, I always swear, I, I don't even know what it, it. Maybe it ought to be on the Comedy Channel because it is absolutely bizarre. I mean, yesterday, what he spent six hours on the stand giving his testimony and then some cross examination. He'll be back on today. The story that he is telling, while there is a. There is a chance he's telling the truth and every other person is lying. There is a chance. But that's really what the jury is going to have to come down to. Is he the only guy telling the truth and are all these other people making up lies about him? Because we're both, at the- both stories are pretty hard to believe. They are fantastic. <laughs> right? I'll, I'll grant you that. It's not like well, it's it's crazy and crazier. Mm-hmm. It's not the yeah. opposite of crazy. Maybe when he takes a stand today, he should just. He should plead insanity. I mean, what would be his best case scenario? Well, I mean, but he's been described as composed, measured. So I don't think they're going to rattle him. He is an actor. I don't want to say he's acting, but I mean, when you're an actor, you're probably always acting a little bit, right? I'm not saying anything about his testimony. It could be all true. I don't know. It sounds pretty Now, Okay, okay, fair. Because now, having said that, let me go back to the last high-profile trial. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Remember when he took the stand? Mm-hmm. We thought he came across very prepared. Uh, was it the crying real? Remember? I mean, those right. were the those were the same questions, and he wasn't a trained actor. So, so while I will acknowledge that the fact that Jussie Smollett is an actual actor, we've made that same accusation against everybody else who's been on the right. stand who aren't. So I, is he just I, better at it? Yeah, I, that exactly. And he's not, it's not, I don't know. He he didn't break down. Nothing like that happened. I don't know. Maybe today we'll we'll have something oh, different. Can we get some tears today? Right, you know, possibly if he, I mean, to me. 
But they have to be aware of this. Don't you think that the defense is aware of every possible of of the fact of how he's seen by the jury? And if he does go into hysterics to to finesse the story, right? Right. But if he does go into hysterics and cry, they're going to they're going to get the you're acting. So he probably I would I would say if I was the defense, I'd be telling them, no, we you got to. Be professional but down the if, middle. I don't care how much your emotions want to take over. Right. But, I mean, this is people a, are gonna think you're this fake. Is a horrendous... If this were true... If it's true. It's a horrendous crime. It's not a good One thing. That I don't think anyone could just be measured and cool and calm. There would be some kind of emotion. If someone put a noose around your neck and you're a black man, it's just, I don't know how you just are calm and collected and measured. So, there's also that. What you is know, the craziest thing about this case? I don't even know where to oh, start. Boy, there's a lot. What's the craziest I've got a thing? List here, would you? <laughs> okay. To what me, is the weirdest thing about this? Uh, oh, bathhouses and drugs and bathhouses, yeah. drugs, I'm Nigerian sorry? brothers, Nigerian brothers. Getting a brothers. sandwich at Subway. It's at, in the middle oh, of the night. You know, yeah. What was it? One thirty, two in the morning. Getting a, yeah, a going to bleach, neck, but you didn't know. Somebody's about carrying it. around yeah, bleach, bleach and just putting the noose um, back on your neck when the cops show up. The fact that he, he, his own voice, Millet said, I, why would I have someone hit me in the face? My face is my livelihood. Mm. Don't that, hit me in the moneymaker. Yeah, exactly. Not in the face. Just, Not in the face. He was offered security because he was concerned about these letters he was getting, yet he turned, the, turned yeah. down the security mm-hmm. because it was too intrusive. Wouldn't cooperate with police afterwards. Right. <sighs> I mean, I don't so even know where much, to start yeah. with it. Let's see over and under on when a movie comes out. A B, B movie, right? But it, would, would he act in he his own movie? Himself? Yeah. Okay, no. Can Jesse Smollett play himself in the Jesse Smollett story? Who could play him? That would be the uh, Who could play Jesse Smollett? Michael B. Jordan could do a good job of that. Throw him in there. I just, I, I just cannot believe him getting back on the stand. You know, the problem is once you go up there, you know, all bets are off. Yeah. And the defense had to believe it would go a certain way. We talked to Rich Lenkoff earlier. He's our legal explanationist. And yesterday on the show, he said, I think he's got to go on the stand. Uh, Although a jury is not supposed to take, they're instructed, the fact that the defendant doesn't testify, you're not supposed to give, that's not supposed to be a strike against them. That's like them. when you, when they say something in court and the judge says, disregard what you just heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, this is dumb. I'm it's unhear. human nature. Yeah. That you, yeah, that, so he kind of had to take the stand with all these people yeah. pointing their finger at that guy. If he doesn't get up and go, it wasn't me. Because uh, we need the other story. Most people would, on a jury, would think twice about it. Rich Lankoff, which I love, he said, yeah, that, I that was a mistake. He really probably shouldn't have got it. He's not helping they himself. They had no choice. They had no choice. He had to do it. I think they got a bad case. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Could he have come up with a better story if, in fact, it's not true? Did he, did he perjure himself? But I feel Telling like... Telling lies under oath? If you, if you go through everything he said, he he covered every, every loophole. Yeah. So he did do a good job of that. I'm not saying... Yeah, he, what he said was good, but he oh, made sure to address. He's going to face some question. more tough questions today. It Might be annoying. one of the reasons, though, why you need to have your faith in humanity restored. Judy says she can do it for you right now. Well, things which bend but don't break tend to be revolutionary. And an Australian firm hopes that the nation's drivers will agree the next time they smash their car into a traffic light. 
Australians pay close to $90 million a year in damage and injuries from collisions with traffic lights. But a new flexible one that can protect the driver as well as the pole should help to reduce that figure. So street lights and traffic light poles tend to be rigid and unyielding, as we know. That's bad news for an oncoming driver and for the pole. Not only is it an expensive repair, but it often means the pole will fall down towards the injured motorist. This new technology is expected to be ready by next year. Seems like it would be just a matter of time before we would be hitting those bendable poles in the U.S., right? Yeah, makes tons of sense. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Restoring our faith in humanity. Also, thanks a lot to uh, MG and the posse over there in uh, Mission Control. They hit all the buttons that make things happen. We certainly appreciate their work also. Infant producer Miranda on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass doing a great job today. Uh, DJ Joey D working those ones and twos all morning. Thank you very much, Joey. And Nick Gale, he's on deck standing by. He's got the latest news, traffic, weather, all the information you need is coming up next right here on 890 WLS. The Bruce St. James Show on 890 WLS.